Hi, a friend. Welcome to another episode of Making Dough Show. My name is Hingham. I'm my husband and I. We own a couple restaurants in the San Antonio area. And today we're going to be talking about how to turn around a failing restaurant. Here's what happens. Any business goes up and any business comes down. This is this is what it is, especially in the restaurant market. Um, it is very competitive, and I actually wanted to share with you a show that I did about how to beat the competition where I share seven tips on that. I will have the link down below on that. It is incredibly competitive industry that you and I have signed up for. And we're going to go through some seasons that we think that things are not going very well, and maybe we're, it seems that we're failing. And today I get to answer a question from uh, somebody from our community, and uh, I'd like you to tune in and to see what are some of the things that you can learn, that you can apply if you are going through a rough season in your restaurant, how to turn around a failing uh, restaurant. This, again, is from... Um, is from a restaurant owner is my wife and I have a cafe. Um, we are open for coffee, breakfast, and lunch, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And although we've been in business for more than six years, five years in, then we moved or whatever. It seems like they were in a location for five years and then they moved. We feel like this is not going anywhere and our sales are not great at all. We want our breakfast to be busier and more profitable, but it seems like the only constant is that we have either a good morning or a good lunch. Now with the coronavirus, we really feel that we are going to throw the towel for good. Can you give us some advice as to how to improve our breakfast sales? We just don't know what we're doing wrong. First off, I, um, I'm so sorry about you know, all the garbage we're all going through with the coronavirus. It is very hard for us all. Uh, it's unpredictable. It's up. It, it's down. It depends on where you're located. And I don't need to say more about that. You already know that. And I'm really sorry about what y'all are going through and about the fact that, again, it seems like you don't know what's working, what's not working. So if I were to come in and have a convo with you um, as you're sharing with me that things are not going very well for your restaurant, I'm going to first gather intel as to what it is that is working, what has not worked, what are we doing before we can figure out what is going to be our plan of action. So if you have a failing restaurant, I really would like you to equally get a pen and paper um, and or write some of these ideas down as we going through different questions. At the end of the day, it is going to be your discernment. You are on the ground in the front lines to know what's best for you and your restaurant. You know what happened in the past. You know your demographic better than anybody else, right? Someone from outside may not know. But I would want to ask you some questions to gain some clarity so we can come up with a plan of action. Does that make sense? So the first thing that I wanted to tell you is that it's incredibly important to, important to step back. When you get very frustrated and burnt out by your restaurant because you're working it, you don't know what is wrong with it, you've tried different things and you get a little burnt out. I mean, that's just that's just really normal and frustrated. We've all been there. It's important to step back. It'd be nice for you and your wife if you wanted to take a night and go to a local hotel with a nice pool or somewhere nice where you are able to reflect and identify your objective. Why did you guys get into this business? What was your vision? Did you go into it for freedom because you wanted to be free? You want to be your own boss? Is it because you just are so passionate about food? You have always wanted to have your own restaurant because you have great recipes. You're just phenomenal in the kitchen. Is it because you wanted to make more money because you thought this was a very profitable business? Is it that your vision was you all you wanted to you envisioned that you want to have hundreds and hundreds of locations around the U.S. or wherever you're located um, tuning into this show? 
what is your vision? And maybe you got into the, you don't even maybe remember what was your vision and initial, what was your objective when you got into this business? But when things are going well and things are not going well, it is incredibly important for us to know why we're here because when the going gets tough, that's what we can rely on. Were you thinking about, okay, you know, let's do this family business. It's going to be a legacy business that I'm going to pass to my children. Was that your objective? You know, what was the objective? What was the vision that y'all got into this? And then the next step is, is that vision still valid right maybe you were like again with the example of passing this business to your children and you're like well actually kids are teenagers and are absolutely not interested they all want to become surgeons and engineers and they don't want to necessarily be running this restaurant so that objective you have may have shifted and then you need to shift based on that as well or you know you wanted freedom you wanted money oh i, I mean i don't know really what it was or how uh, what was your vision? So I would ask you to sit down and craft that, review it if you have done it before. And if not, it is time for you to craft that vision and objective um, that you had in place for your restaurant. Next is we need to get incredibly masterful at knowing our numbers you know what i mean it's like a person who's got diabetes they need to know their numbers right whatever and i i really don't know much about it but i do know that you need to check your insulin levels on a daily basis right someone who has got diabetes knows their numbers you know what i'm saying you and i need to know our numbers front and back in and out what is the break-even point are you even hitting the break-even point where is the break-even point because if we don't know that then it's going to be really hard for us to know is it like you're almost close to the break-even point are you really far from the break-even point in fact i have a video where i share like how easy it is for you to calculate a basic break-even point it takes three minutes it goes based on your fixed cost which like is your rent and stuff that you can really calculate um if your rent is this, how much your gross sales need to be? Because that would give us an idea where you are after six years, the break-even point is here because the rent is outrageous, hypothetically, then you know that's gonna give you an insight. Are you just actually really close to your break-even point? So how are we gonna pass that break-even point to make this restaurant profitable? The numbers, you need to be checking your sales data, your labor data, your food cost data, are all of those within range? If they're not within range, how far are we from where we need to be? That is knowing your numbers. You need to know your numbers in and out because this business is not that profitable. The profit margin isn't outrageous. So if you do not have a handle on your numbers, you are going to be losing money. It's just a fact. But again, looking at the numbers give you so much insight because as I said, you know, you may have a restaurant in Hollywood Boulevard and you're like, well, the rent is like here and we've been here six years. And, you know, so maybe that is not the best location. Do you know what I mean? So some of those things you need to know, again, your numbers and your break even point um, is very, very important. The other thing is that, you know, it seems to me, and I also wanted to tell you, tell you guys these. If you're watching this video on YouTube, all of the photo uh, photos that I'm using here as the slide is photos of this restaurant that they have uh, contacted me. You can see that the food uh, and even the, the restaurant looks, um, I can't uh, make this work. Th the food looks delicious. I mean, look at that. And this is the restaurant. Look how 
you know, it's a gorgeous looking restaurant. Um, I looked that up on, uh, on social media and on Google trying to find some pictures of this establishment that we're talking about. The food looks gorgeous. The food, I mean, look at that. So what I want to know is like, okay, you're telling me your sales is not where it needs to be. So first I went over a few things with you. Where are break-even points? You know, what was your vision going into this business? Next is we got to look at your customer feedback. Um, and in um, respect to this restaurant, again, I checked their social media reviews. They have great reviews as well. They had great reviews. And again, the food looks delicious. I think the environment looks really nice as well in this establishment. So I've not been able to identify exactly what is going on here. Now, again, the numbers, I don't know their numbers to know maybe there is a leak uh, somewhere that we don't know uh, yet. But I wanted to say that if you have a failing restaurant friend, you need to spend time and dig into your customer's feedback. Um, Yelp, Google+, um, all of those uh, review sites. What are customers saying about your restaurant? What are they complaining about? What do they like about your restaurant? You know, so you can get a handle of what is it that you're not seeing because it's easy for you and me to be, to be blindsided by what we think is right. This food tastes good because in our opinion, it tastes good. But it's important for us to know what are customers saying about you and me. If customers are not happy and you've not been able to make them happy for a while, then we need to really change stuff a little bit. I'm gonna go back after, again, what I said about the knowing your numbers is you need to do a cost analysis and plug in your leaks. You're, you know, some of the things that happens, I go to a lot, a lot of local, wonderful restaurants. They have phenomenal food, but you are, your food cost is so high that your margins are so low. So much you can charge for like maybe, I don't know, like I'm just like an avocado toast that we were seeing. Like, oh, the egg is organic from Wisconsin farm. I don't know really, but, and the thing is this, and this, you're not going to be able to charge $20 for, I mean, it depends on where you're located, right? It depends on where your location is. Are you a fast casual? Are you a, what people expect from your restaurant? But there's so much you can charge for a dish. You need to have a handle on your food cost. The art here is for you to keep your food cost within range and also have a good product that you're marketing it in a way that you're able to be profitable. That needs to be our focus. So, you know, I'm not saying to have low quality ingredients. Absolutely not. But you know what I mean? Or when it comes to your people, you want to take care of your people. But if you're not profitable, friend, you know, where are the leaks is your, those are the big ones, of course, right? Your food cost and your labor cost. Um, it's incredibly important. Are you having linen service? Are you having cleaning service? Maybe those need to be chopped. Are you spending too much? Oh, for example, you have bands. You know, we used to have um, band uh, live music in our patio, and every time they came out, you know, they would charge $300. And we're like, okay, wait a minute, $300 is like 10%. That means that, okay, it's a 10% of $3,000 worth of food that we need to sell to an, a 10% profit margin standard uh, for a restaurant that's so we can give them $300. So how much do we actually need to make? So we need to make $6,000 in a day to justify the fact that, you know, I'm giving you 50% of the profit for 300 and hopefully I keep 300 and the headaches of $6,000 again, are there leaks? Are you having live band? Are you having, what kind of services did you spend a lot of money on decor that you didn't have to? I don't know, but we need to do a very thorough cost analysis. It goes back into you observing your P&L. Where is the money going? Look at this gorgeous restaurant. That is the restaurant that, again, we're talking about. Again, if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, you can see the pictures. That soup is back again. It looks divine. So location analysis and a SWOT analysis. 
Um, you may have a great restaurant. You may have great food. Your numbers may be within range. Um, you may be located in a location where there are other restaurants that are way more established than you, and they're doing what you do, maybe not as good as you, but they are established. So it's incredibly important for you to do these two things. One, a location analysis. I have a free guide for you about that. I go over 12 factors that you need to consider when you're assessing a location, whether it's a location you want, you're going to acquire a new restaurant you're going to assess that location or maybe the current location you're in you want to assess the location you're in to identify um, maybe the access to your restaurant sucks you know what I mean like we're in Texas people really care about their convenience maybe the parking sucks that for people to park it is very inconvenient maybe nothing's wrong with your restaurant friend maybe that's the problem do you know what I mean so that's why we want to do a location analysis go over different the 12 factors that i'm going to share with you on that that i share i have an episode for that and i have a free guide for that that you can check out to figure out analyze your location because maybe you sort out wait a minute the parking sucks and the location has really difficult access and visibility maybe you do need to drop the towel and take your operation somewhere else do you know what i mean so all of those are going to give you insight as to what to do the other one is a swot analysis oh my i talk about that here all the time you need that masterfully know exactly the strengths of your business, um, the weaknesses of your business, the threats and the opportunities. I don't know what competition is in the market, right? You want to do great when it comes to your breakfast and lunch. I don't know your what what are other restaurants around in a two-mile radius of your restaurant that are crushing it. Why are they crushing it? Do a SWOT analysis of those establishments. Read their reviews. Observe what's making them more successful over you. Do you know what I mean? So that goes back to the SWOT analysis. And that's going to be hours of work, friend where we are going to dig into to what's going on. You need to gather intel first thing um, so we can figure out what is the missing link here. Another thing is obviously marketing. And first thing I want, want to see is what has worked. I know you probably have done some marketing initiatives. What has worked so far? What are some of the things that you've done? What has worked? Hopefully you had some tracking in place. How are you going to measure success of a marketing initiative, right? So if you have a failing restaurant and you and I get to talk, I would ask you what have you done before when it comes to your marketing and what has worked? And I'm hoping you have data to show for those things. So you've been doing Facebook marketing. Okay, tell me more about that. Are you doing email marketing? Tell me more, how, how often are you sending? What is it that you're sending them? And have you tweaked it? Um, have you done different things? You know what I mean? If you don't know what has worked in the past, and one of the things is a lot of times we're trying to complicate things too much when it comes to marketing, figure out what has worked and do more of it. Throw more money at it. If you, for example, when you do, um, you that's what we've done. We do one deal every week. There are some establishments that have a lot of coupons, this, that, da, 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 and they have multiple things, multiple channels. We've kept it simple. We do one feed the family deal a week and that has worked. So I'm like, okay, that has been successful. How can I make that more successful? Okay. We do text, um, we text that offer every week. We email that offer every week. Hypothetically, I'm going to create a social, I'm sorry, like a Facebook ad for it every week. Now we're going to do YouTube ads for that one offer instead of complicating things because I know what works and you need to know operationally what's simple because you don't want to complicate things too much. So what has worked, friend, when it comes to your marketing and how can you do more of it? How can you be more creative? How can you increase the budget when it comes to that particular thing that has worked in the past? Now, 
I went over a bunch of stuff with you, and so let's brainstorm some more. Again, these are the questions I would ask for you. Okay, you're telling me you're open 8 to 2 p.m. Why can't you be open all day, right? You and I are paying rent um, for um, no matter what, right? So we are open lunch and dinner. My husband sometimes uh, wants us to be open for breakfast as well for our establishment, for example, because we're paying rent anyways. But it goes back to a lot of different factors um, to assess to see if it's wise for you to be open for breakfast or not. So another one is how can you make your customer an offer they can't refuse and to be the best breakfast place in the three to five mile radius? So when a person thinks that it's a good offer is going to be what are the offer what is it that one thing you can offer that is hopefully good food cost you can make them a deal but it's like it has to be a good offer do you know what i mean do you have a very large menu because that is not very good you want to be masterful at two things instead of just being good at a lot of things do you know what i mean that's another thing how can you make them a deal they can't refuse and that goes back into can you come up with a deal that you are able to promote on social media and things very heavily for the next two to three weeks you know a good offer who can you partner is the one the other one we talk about that here on the show all the time churches schools police department fire department your local chamber of commerce all the businesses that are in a three to five mile radius of your restaurant they need to know you you take some free food it could be little samples it doesn't matter it's a great gesture just to stop by with some uh, little food shake some hands um depending on when you watch this if it's corona going on or not you can't do that as you know what i mean but you need to partner with uh local businesses schools they have teachers, teachers, and there's a lot of students. Those students have are parents that all live in this community. You've got to take advantage of that. So think about, okay, who can I partner this week? Who can I reach out to proactively this week? Another one is that how can you increase your repeat business? So these are the, a few things that we do all the time, right? There are three ways for you to grow your sales in any business, and we talked about it on the show. One is to existing customers you have how are you going to get more repeat business or how are you going to attract new customers or you're going to increase your average ticket right In, you know upselling and blah 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 this that that's just the common the most common thing in any line of business so the customers you currently have i would ask okay you don't have that many customers but the ones you currently have how can you increase your repeat business friend are you able to make a weekly offer um for example maybe at the bottom of your receipt it says you know bring this back next week within the next seven days to get an order of breadsticks you know i'm making stuff up but you know what i mean so you're able to increase your frequency from uh people coming in every two weeks to coming in every week um, once I went to Starbucks and they had this sign, bring your receipt back today to get a free blah, blah, blah. When you do the blah, 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 they want, uh, you to come back twice in a day. That's the level of aggressive a company like Starbucks is friend. Okay. Sit on that. You need to increase your repeat business. You have an existing number of customers that are coming in. There are many different ways that we can get them to come back again and again and again. I'd like you to sit down and think about some of those ways. The other one is attracting new customers. And that goes back into, again, make an offer they can't refuse. Make this great deal. It's maybe free coffee if you get, think of breakfast or two for 20, maybe a date thing to come for breakfast with your spouse or something like that. How can you make it a no-brainer and then go very wide with social, like three mile of your restaurant and throw $200 at it and see what happens, right? Attracting new customers is very, 
very important. If you are thinking about other ways and other ideas as to how you are going to grow your sales, increasing repeat business, average ticket, all of that jazz, I do have a free guide and where I go over 52 different ways you can grow your restaurant sales. Why? Because I think you need to implement one thing every single week. Because if you implement one thing a week, by the end of the 52 weeks, you will have this whole thing that like a automated machine that is working for you, um, where you are, again, getting customers to come back again and again more frequently, and you are getting in front of new customers um, all the time. So um, going back to this, if you are having a failing restaurant and or going through a tough season right now due to corona or not i think that the questions that i shared with you hopefully are insightful you need to study your restaurant step back look at your vision what was your objective because if you have no passion for this business and if that's the case then figure out why you don't have the passion for it because you don't want to regret why, you know, before you leave, you need to make sure that you have a very clear vision of why you got into this business and why you are leaving this business. So when you look back, you're like, yep, the reason we uh, left is because of these 10 things, for example. So I strongly recommend you get away with your spouse and dig deep. Look at your numbers. Look at your trends. What are the customers saying about your restaurant? Do a location analysis. Do a SWOT analysis of your competitors that are doing great to figure out the gap um, to see how you can either, again, do this well, be profitable, because it is incredibly painful when your restaurant is not profitable. This is a very stressful hobby. You know, nobody likes a stressful hobby, right? And so get on that. Again, I really hope that you found this um, episode helpful. If you have any questions that I can answer on the show, be sure to send us an email to makingdoshow at gmail.com. You can come to our website. There is a form. You can submit your questions as well. If you have uh, any comments you would love to share with me or any questions you have, you can always comment as well if you check us out on YouTube. And be sure to subscribe to the show. We're on all the podcast platforms. Leave us a review on the podcast department. I would appreciate it greatly. I am busy just like you. Uh, We have three young children, and I try to make time to come out to serve you because... This is a very tough industry, as we all know. If you think that someone would benefit from the show, please share it on social media platforms, maybe on a Facebook group that is for restaurant professionals or a LinkedIn group. I appreciate it greatly. With that, let's get back to work and make some dough. Thank you. Bye-bye.